war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. You're listening to The John DePetro Show, folks. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePetro.com. Well... It is Thanksgiving week, and it is Monday, November 21st, and President Trump was reinstated on Twitter over the weekend. Now, Elon Musk took over Twitter, and there's all kinds of panicking, accusations. How about CBS News over the weekend told all their reporters nobody should use the platform anymore? I recognize, again, as I've said, I understand that if you're listening right now there's there's a lot of people who aren't on it but i'm telling you it's not one of the most valuable tools for news it's the most important tool for news it just is this is where all the media is this is where all the newsmakers are this is how now whether people like it or not but this is how news is lack of a rhyme i don't like the rhyme but use it is someone whether it is a president going to make a statement whether it is the the head you know head of ukraine president of ukraine whether it's a big athlete or a senator or whoever that this is where we go people may not like it they may say and it happens in real time if you say, oh, I, I don't follow the news, well, then then that doesn't matter to you. If you get the daily newspaper, not a lot of people get the news that way anymore. People get read in-depth stories, but not like getting the news, right? Like on a Tuesday, most people are not going to try to get the newspaper to find out who won Monday Night Football. You don't even have to stay up for the news anymore. It's right there on demand that is the well that's one of the powers of twitter but so this business that was going on on thursday where people were saying that it was going to end and just close up shop that's that's not what's happening elon musk is changing it he's allowing certain people back on they want to bring in i will tell you that a lot of times the problem with twitter is a lot of the progressives that go on there's also a big difference between fake news and in an opinion and i think a lot of people confuse that i'm still um somewhat alarmed at otherwise educated adults and what their choice of of a, a news source is <clears throat> as i've said before some of the news sources you want to find out where are they based who owns it who are these people writing these stories these are all fear questions sometimes people just send me an article and it's completely an unreliable no credibility type of outfit so you may disagree with some of the opinions in the new york times and the washington post as do i or even the boston globe but the basic reporting of regular day-to-day news is with, without error i totally agree a lot of the political stuff it's not your imagination it's slanted and it needs to be regarded that way completely agree with that but not everything not everything is fake news so but twitter alive thriving um it's going to go through different uh evolutions but in some ways that's good uh but is it really good to just shut someone down i i don't i have a problem with that i have a problem with people that spread false information and there's a lot of it and deal with it and make profit on it as we've talked about so i have a problem and some of you that are listening know right now whenever someone sends me information that proves to be unreliable because we have to operate in the truth and an accuracy and that doesn't mean once in a while it means all the time we have to 
and there were some outlets. So all of that stuff is good. And again, I get that some of this is inside baseball. There's someone listening saying, I'm not even on this Twitter. I don't even know what it is. You're missing out. Uh, It's a tremendous tool is what it is. It's information sharing. It's valuable information sharing of current events happening in real time. (laughs) All right. It's Monday. We're going to talk to Justin Katz. But I like President Trump back on Twitter. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays <clears throat> excuse me we we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipietro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining us managing editor anchorrising.com it is our friend uh, Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off with, um, you know, you and I talk about different times. Uh, I think there's there's definitely media bias. And the Officer Lugo came down last week. Folks, this was the Providence police officer. He was acquitted for striking this woman, Jennifer Rourke. Um, he, he started off running for lieutenant governor. He pivoted into the state senate race. And then, obviously, because of the actions happened, Late June at the State House, <clears throat> he had to withdraw from the race. Um, I, I mean, the more we had learned about it, it certainly seemed it was a little bit of a, a shaky case. He was acquitted on, on basic assault, but but just that I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's as if um, I, I got the impression the media did not like the outcome of the case. They kept referring to it as a punch when basically it came out in court that, you know, Jennifer Rourke from various reasons whatever reasons but she was less than truthful her story kept changing and seemed to be more of a slap but i'd like to hear your thoughts on just what led up to the fact that he still has to appeal to try to get his job back with the city of providence as a police officer yeah this is one of those lessons in in uh internet media that everybody should learn i mean the very first time i saw the clip from from podcast to bill bartholomew it was a a five second slip uh clip which was actually about a one second cut from a longer video that he slowed down to make it seem like it took a longer time once i saw that i knew there there had to be more of the story and everybody ought to know that and if you watch you can now see it you can find it in multiple angles we have them on on anchor rising if you dig a little bit um when you watch the whole sort of brawl, as it's being called, it's absolutely obvious what happened. Now, the motivations are another thing, but what happened was somebody cold cocked another another guy who was there filming it from the it was a it was a pro abortion rally and he was pro life just filming it and somebody attacked him and hit him. Lugo was nearby and went to intervene. Rourke grabbed him from behind. Lugo reacted whether it was a punch or a slap or a push, whatever, whatever it was, he, he got her off him. She recovered quickly, but then he was tackled and beaten by multiple people. I mean, that's what happened. It's so obvious. This court case could not have gone any other way and have there be any such thing as justice in Rhode Island. And it doesn't matter that he was a cop or she was a black woman or whoever it was in that situation. It was completely obvious that this should have gone that way. And it, it would have if it weren't for um, a Bartholomew clipping that clip and it going viral and but one of the most lamentable you mentioned he has to appeal to get his job back one of the most lamentable parts of the whole thing was the letter from the the providence chief of police uh basically calling out lugo and saying he hit her and then walked away which was just patently not false he as soon as he had his his as soon as he reacted to her he was body slammed to the ground and then like four or five guys started beating on him 
And that's that's what happened in the video. And for the police chief to be saying otherwise is, I mean, frankly, Lugo ought to be lawyering up, I think, and suing a whole bunch of people. But it's just just the whole thing is just maddening, especially the reaction people get. The videos are out there. You can see them. And so Bartholomew was his morally reprehensible what he did. And the idea that he's still a producer for WPRO. I mean, that's just ridiculous. They're, they're journalists defending him, which is indefensible. Oh, I mean, even Ethan Shorey from the Valley Breeze, who's often pretty good, is saying, oh, well, TV news does this kind of stuff all the time. No, they don't. They'll, they'll show the clip and maybe they'll slow down part of it, but the context is absolutely clear. It's not an isolated video. And Rourke, her, her behavior has been abhorrent in this whole thing because she knows what happened. She was there. She was one of the parties to it. She just egged it on for her progressive ends. The whole thing is, is pretty gross and it's really terrible that, that he ought to be having to go through all this, this trouble to try to just get back to a, some sense of normalcy in his life. You know, it's interesting, Justin, again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week with this Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com, is ultimately the Providence Police went moved to fire him based on that video clip, that five-second clip. As you say, it was one second slowed down, but they, they went to fire him off that. And I just want people to understand, <clears throat> normally in the context of things, you'd want to see the full context of, of what led up to him being in that moment and then what immediately happened afterwards that's not what it was uh and and that video took off the, that that's the most viral video of the state this year and maybe even next year but it was five million views i noticed it was quickly unpinned that from twitter for those that know the term but justin does as soon as the verdict came down but um and justin you also raised another good point i i i was amazed that two weeks after the incident was the first time that the state police were trying to find that first green guy in the Adidas warm-up jacket that, you know, really kind of kicked things in motion and threw the first punch. I've never seen them post that would they need the public's help trying to find the guy in the Wu-Tang Klan shirt that basically grabbed uh, Officer Lugo from behind. And then you're exactly right, body slammed him down. But this was such an avalanche that weekend uh, the media turned it into a feeding frenzy. If you remember, Jen Rourke was then even raising money off it. But I, I, I didn't see a lot. I actually didn't see anyone write like, hey, in hindsight, you know, maybe maybe we didn't look at this the right way. I don't see anyone in the media saying, huh, boy, the, the judge's reaction really doesn't match the way this was reported uh, in the first at least week, if not two weeks that after this occurred. No, they're all out there acting as if this is some racial evidence that that white police could get away with anything. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's as you as you say, there's the there's a guy in the green whatever outfit jumpsuit who jumped the other the other journalist or or the other the pro life guy and started pounding on him on the yeah. ground. That's Viciously. when uh, Lugo, yeah, that's when Lugo jumped in, and then another bunch of guys started beating on Lugo, and the state police sort of broke that up, but then let those people walk away. And I think it's important to remember, we've seen this video many times now, and revisiting it, uh, you know, you can see all of those people's faces very, very clearly, and yet yes. you hear about where are these people? The person the person to blame in all of this is that guy with the green jumpsuit who attacks somebody unprovoked. Yes. Where is that? Where is where is the outrage at that? They don't, you know, they they pick people, they they support uh, the media that is, they pick people, they pick a narrative, and then they go with that no matter what. And I mean, the, the police thing is, I mean, I, that I was just stunned when I saw the the province police chiefs uh, calling for Lugo to to resign or be fired or whatever it was. I mean, it's just, it wasn't even, you know, you'd think, well, we're evaluating everything. We want to make sure the right thing is done. No, it was, it's completely just fabricated that he walked away as if he came out of nowhere, clocked Rourke in a head and just strolled away whistling. No, he was pummeled. And that is, that is a big concern. I think not only for, for media bias and and ideological bias in the state, but if I were a Providence police officer, I'd be looking at that and thinking, what is going on? on here i mean that that was just it was just so out of bounds put aside even police for for the the head of any kind of organization or agency to be to be just pretty much lying about what happened or at least so so 
terribly ignorant of what was out there and what was available to be seen on video that he, he didn't care and just wrote a letter. I, I had to, I have to believe that came down from Alorza in the mayor's office saying, no, we, we got to get rid of this guy. He's, he's cramping my style with my, my reparations and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, the whole, the whole episode's just kind of gross. And, and I do wish, you know, as you say, I wish there were some media people just saying, Hey, let's, let's pause a second and re reevaluate how we responded to this, because that would be a, that would be a very healthy outcome. Instead, I think we, we're, we get deeper investigations when some kids put a, or young, young men put, put stickers, white supremacy stickers on some mailboxes in Bristol. You get a manhunt for that. That's right. In a pro-choice rally, you get a guy who, who unprovoked assaults and batters somebody, an innocent guy taking pictures. Uh, that, that's nothing. That's, oh, well, whatever. I mean, he shouldn't have been there in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just the, the priorities are all out of whack. And I think people really have a, have a good reason to start questioning whether they can get, I'm, I mean, I, my call would have been that, that Lugo would have gone down because I didn't think he could possibly get a fair trial, but, but oh. at least the judge pulled through and, and, and at least acknowledged the obvious. And that, um, that Monday, I mean, we saw that Governor McKee, they did the press conference um, after the, the whatever, the neo-Nazis were banging on the glass, screaming at the communists. That Monday, the state police could have called a press conference and held up blown up photos and said, these are the individuals we're looking for. We're looking for this guy in the green jacket. We're looking for this guy in the Wu-Tang shirt that then body slammed a police officer. Uh, there was nothing like that. State police, you haven't heard anything about it. On top of that, it, it's, it's highly unlikely that both of those individuals just showed up on their own. They, they, they knew someone, someone knew who they were, someone knew who both of those individuals were, especially the, the one in the green warm-up Adidas man. I, I was told that he was either boyfriend or a brother of someone that was involved with the rallies. He's even an MMA, a MMA fighter. So he's definitely known, but whether or not they were actually looking is, is another matter. We've seen when they want to find someone, when they want to draw attention to an incident, when they want the public's health, and in a situation like this, no interest in trying to find some of these individuals. Folks, quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. Licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big or how small. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Our segment is Politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I wanted to get your thought. Finally, the Boston Globe did a story on that uh, Matt Brown co-op collaborative, you know, they were actually even whooped more than I thought. <laughs> I think according to the, the Boston Globe story, this was initially Matt Brown. They, we're going to go, we're taking over the whole blank and state house, 51 seats. Da, da, da. Well, it wasn't 51. I think it ended up being 29. They lost every Senate seat that they went for, every state Senate seat. I think it was 13 of them. And they, they uh, out of 15 rep seats, I think they won two. So um, and then obviously, you know, Matt Brown, that was like an invisible campaign. Cynthia Mendez came in third trying to run for <clears throat> lieutenant governor. And then, you know, obviously that Jennifer Rourke even got beat. But um, but I, I was glad to see the, the story, Justin Katz, simply because initially the entire narrative was the voters of Rhode Island rejected, you know, the Republican Party and their message. And it's because of democracy and it's because of trump and 
hate and all this other stuff. I, the, 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 the group that was the most rejected by the voters was the extreme left, the uh, progressive uh, co-op that they, these people started. Yeah, it's interesting how they, I mean, even in acknowledging that how badly the co-op was beaten, this Ed Fitzpatrick has to emphasize other progressives did really well, though. You know, they, they can't really let that go. They, they've got them. Right. But I, you know, when you when you look at it, I mean, if, honestly, Matt Brown, whoever has been funding him and his campaigns, he ought to give the money back. But the they went after the governor with the homeless stuff. They made his life miserable. They went after leadership. They're vicious. I mean, Matt Brown with his, we're going to take over the whole thing. They're all, you know, they're all corrupt. Just the constant attacks uh, provoking opposite. They even have been provoking opposition from the likes of Patrick Crowley, who's far left labor guy in the state. I mean, he's, he is central to the progressive movement in Rhode Island. They even were having problems with him. So I, I think that's, they, they learned the hard way. Uh, an important lesson that we're all learning now is you've got to be on their good side so you can get the ballot harvesters to put your name on that ballot. I that's think right. that is that is at the end of the day, that's what we're going to be learning. And, you know, in, in a way, I, I kind of wish that these co-op types and those progressives were not so nuts and like part of a cult because there really could be some common ground for people who at least who at least think you ought to be able to be elected without you know groveling before the insiders and the the establishment into state house <laughs> at least if we could get some consensus on that but it, it can't happen because they're so nuts but yeah they they were beaten soundly very soundly i mean matt brown was fourth in the primary i mean if you count his primary votes he the two independents in the race for in the general election almost matched his primary results in the democrat primary so you're talking really really bad results here so it'll be interesting to see whether they they reformulate or i guess it depends where where the money's coming from to fund all this but in some ways it's it's positive because they're all they are so nuts that if they did get a stronghold on the state house, it would have spelled real trouble for the state of Rhode Island. On the other hand, it shows, you know, you at this point, you've, you've got to go along. Otherwise, you just have no hope. You know, Justin, but I, I didn't see a lot of <clears throat> uh, examination of, well, maybe their policies were rejected. Maybe people, you know, don't want these extra taxes. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't want to defund the police. Maybe... You know, the, their attack on our form of government, maybe that's not, you know, popular. Like I, I know they, the, the, the media, local media didn't seem any hesitancy to basically make these pronouncements, right? That, you know, they, Alan Fung was linked with extremists. That's why he's lost. And Ashley Kalis isn't from here. That's why she, but I, I don't see any, gee, maybe the message that Matt Brown and the co-op collaborative, maybe that leftist progressive message they're putting forward is just not resonating here, you know, in the ocean state. <laughs> oh, no, not, not at all. You'll never get that. I mean, when you, you can see this in a lot of the journalists, uh, say Mike Stanton or um, Re, um, McKay, Scott McKay, when they're out and free to do a pine on, on social media because they're no longer journalists, they are as far left as, the, as you oh, get. Yeah. And so the story is always the same, right? If, if any Republican, you could have the most crazy conservative Republican, somebody who, who does crazy things all the time, is, a, is almost like a cartoon. If he loses, it's not because he was crazy. It's because, oh, his policies, right? And that was the headline from the Globe a week or two ago. Uh, you know, voters rejected the parents groups, right? That's if, if they're rejected, it's, it's always because they, they're just out of tune. It's not because of the candidates, not because of the situation. In this case, it's progressives were the, the, the co-op was not elected because they didn't they didn't play nice with the other progressives, was basically the, the narrative. And that that part may or may not be true, but it's, it's always the story. And it's as I as I pointed out, um, I think it was last week, the, the storyline when they lost in the primaries was, oh, the leadership withstood the withstood the co-op's advance as yeah. if you know it wasn't it wasn't that the progressives were unpopular it's just that the leadership was just so powerful they, they couldn't overcome that hurdle it's always to encourage them and to discourage uh conservatives and that we see that even in in you know dr munez and, and all the other ones they're all oh well they're they're out there and they're fighting the good fight and they're they're sticking up for their values that's the storyline they get their free headlines they get to be a, a local celebrity for a little bit conservative Conservatives, nope, nope, you're just, you're rejected, we hate you, you're a villain, uh, you should never have tried, is basically the message you get. You know, <clears throat> Justin, yesterday I, I saw on, um, 
on Twitter. It was an NPR story about Stacey Abrams, who again just lost, running for governor in Georgia. And the headline was kind of akin to, it's kind of puzzling. Could the problem be the party, meaning the Democrat party, <laughs> or could it be the message? And I, I thought, gee, how about option three? Maybe the voters just don't like her. Is that an, even an option? Maybe they don't like the candidate. Why does it have to be? Well, it's got to be either the message or it's got to be the party. Like, it can't be the person. So many times in politics, people vote for the person, and they vote for actually a person that they happen to like or they, they think they like. Um, but you're exactly right. They they don't look at that in any way. Well, it could be the person because this is someone who's brave and you know everyone looks up to and it must it must have just been the messaging. The messaging must have been wrong. Now, Justin, where, where do you think the Rhode Island Republican Party, where, where do they stand now in, in the aftermath of I, I mean, they can try to spin it any way they want. But th- th- these were I think I mean, these were disastrous results. This is not the results they were looking for. Um business of a couple of them came close that's it's certainly not about that so we we do you think the party stands and where it goes forward well honestly i think they're they're about where they were before the election i mean i think in, in some ways ashley kalis came in with a lot of money and 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 the departure of langevin gave alan fung another another run and so the, the republican party in the state was more i guess competitive and 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 prominent than it might otherwise have been. And of course it was a year where everybody was kind of expecting a red wave, as they say. Um, and so I think we're, in some ways we're right back to where we were. And I, that's not a terrible thing. I mean, there are lessons learned. It's, you know, if you're not moving, if you're, if you're stagnant, at least you're not moving backwards. I think there, there's a lot of room to, to take some evaluation of, of what was going on. And I think that's why I was disconcerted by the, the, Channel 10 discussion of the two party chairs that we saw last week was just because it didn't seem like there, there was a lesson being learned. And I, I think that's the real key here. They, they need to they need to reinforce. They need to get to know their voters. They need to get the mail ballots going. They, they need to do all that. And I suspect what we'll get is, well, I, I hope not, but I, the danger is that we'll get the Republican Party, lots of internal incriminations. There'll probably be some squabbling for somebody to take the chairmanship or not, or, or there'll be the, that kind of infighting, uh, and everybody will have a different opinion on what ought to happen. And what really ought to happen is going back to square one. Let's figure out what we all agree on. Let's organize on new reality of mail ballots and, and move forward slowly, starting at the local races. And I think that's, I've been saying this for years. They, they need the farm team. They need to go back to getting town councils and school committees and maybe a rep here or there. Uh, but the problem is you, you get into it in Rhode Island as a Republican and suddenly you're running for governor. And that, or, or for Senate or whatever, and that's, that, right. that's just not that's just not healthy. They they really need to evaluate. But I will say that every time this happens, I'm I'm reaffirmed. And, and the big problem is uh, people kind of assume like there there are folks out there who are just it's sort of like our our moral duty to uphold the Republican Party or something. It's, no, all of these people are volunteers. There's no incentive in the Republican That's Party. Right. You're you're not going to get a career as a, a high powered lobbyist. You're not going to be. They're not. The party's not going to be able to bounce you around from one nonprofit to another. Now you'll work in this office when this person wins governor. You'll be in that office and then et cetera. And then you'll go to Congress. There, that's not on offer on wrong Republicans. And that's, that's a major problem. Uh, they've, they've got to, they've got to just go back to the basics and be kind of the party of, of the people and, and get, get much better at communicating. The problem is that takes time and it takes money and, and busy people just aren't able to do that really. And so many conservatives just give up in Rhode Island and leave the state, which is completely understandable for them to do, but it's, it's very difficult to keep a, a movement going when that's all the case. It is. <clears throat> and, you know, to think at one time, I mean, Buddy Cianci was elected mayor of Providence as a Republican, <clears throat> and that ship has sailed. I mean, right now we're looking at three areas where essentially there's no Republican base whatsoever. And that's Providence, Pawtucket and, and Central Falls, where there's just there's no semblance of a, of a competitive Republican Party. I think they said Smithfield right now seems to be the, the most balanced hmm of any city or town folks another quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 
885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I also want to get your thought. This was very disturbing last week regarding the emergency room situation in, in Rhode Island. Now, I know as Governor Key went off on a Thanksgiving long break, but for them to call this press conference and, you know, over the next couple of weeks, this is when someone might have to go to an emergency room. And I'm not talking about the people that use it as free you know, clinic and float in and out and, and that this is, um, we're in a very serious situation when they, you know, Department of Health called a press conference and said that that 82 year old grandfather waited two days at the hospital after he had a heart attack. Another woman had a miscarriage, her and her husband had just be in the hallway. And then, uh, there was someone that went in one of the emergency rooms was suicidal three days, three days. He waited for someone to see him. I um with all this COVID money they've had, I I, I just I it, it is just beyond me that they they see these problems to me that there's got to be flags that this it's like a wave that you're seeing that's coming towards the shore but boy everything always just seems to go into panic mode. It does because they don't want to fix the the fundamentals of the you're system. Right. I mean it, I mean it goes back to I mean even in during the Obama era this the state jumping in on on Obamacare with both feet and that all of that sort of thing they 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 just don't take care of the fundamentals and a lot of the the coverage of this sort of thing uh, is almost as if how are officials going to deal with this thing that's just kind of happened to them no it's all about incentives it's all about structuring a healthcare system that that works this is what you get when you get socialized medicine you get people i mean they're they're big their big ask for everybody is stop going to the emergency room when you don't have to, you know, that's, you know, you know, what works really well for that kind of thing, a pricing mechanism. If it's it's inexpensive for me to go to my doctor or a local clinic to take care of something that's wrong, I'll do. And yet it's, might be super expensive if I go to the emergency room when I don't have to. People will do the, better, the the smart thing and go to their doctor first, but we're not allowed to do that. Everything's got to be free. Everything's got to be, uh, you know, covered by taxpayers. And I think there there are a lot of unknowns here. And I, it's it's one of those areas. I remember I don't know 10, 15 years ago, the journalists had a, a round in, in Rhode Island talking about how how it's it's a playground for journalists here, and they were talking about political corruption. But there there are massive, huge investigative reporting stories to be done. Who are the people at the emergency room? Go find out. Who are they? What are they doing? Why are they there? Uh, what who's paying for it? What's their insurance? Are they immigrants? Right. Are they, are they yeah. on all on Medicaid? Are they all on uh, the, the low cost uh, Obamacare exchange policies? Maybe, maybe not, but there's, there's a lot to the story. You just don't get told. And instead it becomes this, this, uh, well, you know, everybody, you've just got to adjust your life and go to a, a different hospital. And, you know, it ties in with, with a point that comes up. It's, it's almost like every season has its version. When, it, when the power goes out, Every year, there are more generators because when you have the money, you learn the system doesn't work. You've got to fend for yourself. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. I'm sure people who have resources are, are using their doctors. Actually, a lot of them are probably just going to Massachusetts, which is a lesson my family learned a long time ago. If you have medical problems, go to Massachusetts because Rhode Island is just 
not the place to do it. And I think it just, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And there's no incentive, especially now with, 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 with this wipeout of Republicans and, and just the insiders completely ascendant, especially with the mail ballots. There's no reason for them to change. And then the, the little thing journalists could do to help with that is to start investigating, investigating the underlying problems. But, but they won't because they support the idea of socialized medicine. That's, uh, that's a priori what they want to do. And so they, they don't want to pick up any, turn over any rocks that might show, you know, maybe this isn't such a great idea. Maybe we need some diversity of, of thought and government. Maybe we can't have government fund everything. And that's, that's where this really comes from. And I, I think it's just going to get worse. And that's, that's a danger and is a problem. Justin Katz, last week, uh, Mayor Alorza held a press conference and there was new mayor-elect Brett Smiley takes over in January. Also, former mayor, Angel Tabaris, and then also former mayor ambassador, Joe Palino. And we just haven't seen anything. The only one uh, of note on the mayor who's still alive, actually, is uh, Congressman Cicilline uh, Cianti has passed away. Joe, Joe Dorley recently passed away. But what was remarkable about it was, was them encouraging and almost saying if they had to do it all over again, the thing that you know they regret was not was you know this whole business with the Providence Teachers Union and go to more charter. And it, to me, it almost rings as if they're saying, just give up on the public school formula in Providence. Your best bet is to go much more heavily into charter schools. And as you can imagine, I mean, that is building up and setting up what, it, what is going to be a war, I think, next year with the Providence Teachers Union. But Mayor Lex Smiley agreed to be part of it. And it's interesting, Justin, because someone pretty connected to the situation told me that Brett Smiley's ambitious, nothing wrong with that. And he sees two things that could stand in the way of someday maybe him being Governor Smiley or maybe even more. And that is the schools and also crime in the city. But he got a little flack. And once again, you know, you and I have talked about it, but nothing has changed even after the John Hopkins report. But what do you make of that? press briefing that by all accounts, it looks like Mayor Alorza was the one to put that together. Well, I mean, in some ways, it seems like a step in the right direction, because at least they're admitting there, there are alternative policies. On the other hand, it's not a workable solution. There's no way you could ramp up enough charter schools to do it. What they just need is full-on school choice to in, encourage competition and let the private, right. private schools move up. And, and that just, there you go. That would, be, that would be the solution. And it's something that there could be capacity for without undermining uh, everything. Uh, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's, I don't know why people aren't even more demanding. I mean, I, I, that, that'd be what would be interesting to hear is why these mayors are going after this. I mean, who, who are they hearing from? Is there maybe a groundswell finally coming out? Or was it more just, I don't know, a, a typical Rhode Island political thing? But they're, they're not going to get anywhere with it because it's, it's not a workable policy. I, what I kind of wondered if, if this was partly an expression of frustration with, I mean, I thought of, I couldn't help but think of Dan McKee, you know, mayor, yes. was mayor, was it, was piloted the mayoral Academy charter schools. Right. In Cumberland. Everybody kind of expected something from him as governor, maybe some softening on that, in that regard on, in the state house as the governor, but instead he sold his soul to the teachers unions. And so he's fully owned. And so now the state's running the schools, the, the governor is fully owned property of the, the labor unions in the state, especially the teachers unions. And there's not going to be any movement on this. So it makes you wonder if maybe they just wanted to get out ahead of it, get get a marker in the ground to say, yeah, we told you so. Uh, but it, it was actually kind of surprising to see Smiley there, which I, I if I had to bet beforehand, I would have say, said he would he would find some excuse not to attend a, an event like this. Uh, so that that is a curious thing because he's, you know, you had Angel Tavares with the gotten a big big battles with the teachers unions, and obviously yeah. we talked when at when he tried to give a state of the city speech, and they just couldn't even hear him because of all the shouting because of the teachers. Uh, that's or well, union members, whether they were teachers, I don't know, remains to be seen. But the Smiley can't want that to start off with and it's an so it's an interesting signal for him to be sending at this point i i agree and i think that's the most interesting part about it justin caps it's just that that he's openly identifying and if you're going to do it you want to do it in the beginning someone again that i talked to said he thinks this is they're basically saying that the current situation in the providence schools with the union and so forth it's it's unfixable the way it was described to me it's like you have a broken car in the driveway and they're 
they, they've given up on trying to fix it. Now they're just saying, well, we're going to use this other car uh, <laughs> as much, even though you're going to leave that car in the driveway. But I, I think that's where we're at, where they realize nothing's going to change. The thing that stands in the way, why can't you extend the school day? Because the union, what, why can't you, you know, get more or try to do this or that? It's, it's the union stands in the way. It's not going to be broken. They've tried to nibble at the edges. Um, I, I, I think, I believe going to punt the schools back to Providence. Like, I don't want to deal with this, you know, and just throw it over to Smiley, let alone uh, Smiley, I believe, supported Helena folks. So he's not in the McKee camp. Uh, Governor McKee, by all accounts, he just gave them the contract that they wanted. That is one thing where Mayor Lorza was right when he said, you know, this was supposed to be a transformational contract. Governor McKee came in, signed it and said, oh, and by the way, here's $3,000 bonuses. <laughs> so but what I do like about it, Justin, is they, they all say, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I wouldn't have fallen for this. You got to get everyone together. You got to try to work. There, there's Angel Tavares and Joe Palino saying it, 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 you can't work with these people. They, they are non-negotiable demands. It is a trap. They run out the clock, delay, delay. They promise, they promise. You're better off blowing this thing up. As soon as you walk in the door, because then you can improve things. And after four years, at least you'll have some results. Now, Justin, you and I um, spend, quite, spend quite a bit of your time very active on social media. I am just curious your thoughts about where Twitter is right now, and especially learning over the weekend that Elon Musk did that poll. I think he had 15 million votes, and President Trump now is allowed. I don't think he's tweeted yet, but he's allowed back on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've noticed a change in Twitter. Um, not as huge as some people are saying they've seen, but but it's definitely I'm seeing more diversity of of, of commentary. It's not the yes. same handful of progressives that are constantly in my stream. Uh, so I, I think Elon Musk is doing a lot of a lot of good things, opening it up, and and the fact that progressives in the mainstream media, I mean, CBS News withdrew saying it's too unpredictable and then it was out they said oh well we're back we 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 just we made sure that it was okay and now we're we're back and safe so i mean he's by these reactions you can tell he's doing doing good work now the the trump angle i i think is interesting i mean it, it may make some people angry but i when when trump went after desantis right before the yeah. election it pretty much told me all I need to know. And that's that he is not going to adjust. He's not in it for the party or even ultimately for the country no. unless for him. I mean, that's just the impression he's giving. You don't do yep. something like that if you're thinking of anybody except your own marketing plan. And that's so right. I, I, I just think Trump at this point and the whole with Elon Musk allowing him back on Twitter, it's starting to feel like a, you know, like a reality TV thing. I mean, mm. just right out of you know, whatever, whatever his show was, um, right. fired the yeah, that's yeah. the apprentice. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it's just like, okay, will he tweet? Tune in next week. You know, and, and <laughs> it's just going to be, you just feel like it's going to be like that. And he'll, he'll, he's right now got his team of marketers. Okay. What do I tweet when? What's the goal? Uh, so it's, it's really fading into, um, into into that sort of more of a, a cultural entertainment phenomenon, which in some ways it probably was for progressives the whole time, even when he was president, it was, he, he was the bad guy in their their drama. Uh, but the, I think, I don't know, I, it, it's it's possible, but I I think we're going to see Trump's brand, in, at least in politics, fading at this point. And I I think it, it's hard to see how he could leverage either getting on Twitter or not getting on Twitter to, to his, to an end that won't just feel like a sitcom. It's sort of like, like a, like a, when you watch these shows and every, every, every season, if it's, if it's a romance, will they get together this season? Will they? And there's, there's hints every time. I think we're going to get that kind of a, a feeling from him on Twitter. Uh, and and I, I think people, more and more people are starting to say, you know what, this show's getting a little old. I think it's time for it to retire. We're going to find out. It's it's pretty dangerous when when he's already or their fear is that if he doesn't win the Republican nomination, he'll bro up, break off, go third party intent on running anyway and just destroy the Republican chances along with it. But we have a long way to go. Folks, again, he is the uh, managing editor, AnchorRising.com, a segment of politics this week. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you again. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving with your family, everybody. The Kui Sit In 
226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. On this Monday, and it is uh, Thanksgiving week, and how about the fact President Biden turned 80 over the course of the weekend? Um, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that. Obviously, people are living longer. Um, it's interesting, over the course of the weekend, I saw an interview that Ronald Reagan did on Meet the Press this was even, um, this was before his 70s, uh, in 1976, his presidential run. But um, but at the time, they were asking Reagan, it's kind of comical now, of someone in the 60s, if maybe that was a little too old to run. Now, granted, Reagan left office, he was 78. This is different with President Biden, is 80 years old. And so what they're talking about is whether or not a man who's 82, which he expected to be in two years, if he's going to run for another term that would make him president of the United States until he's 86 years old. So now, on the flip side, look at all the talk about whether or not President Trump, who's 76, if he's going to run and be the nominee for president uh, or be elected president when he's 78. And then he would, you know, do a term. I, I think it only he would don't just do that final term until he's eighty-two years old. So, what remains to be seen? Again, people are living longer. Um, it's it's different. Individual people, some people that are older, seem in better physical condition than some people. Um, certainly, at times, Biden has seemed an old eighty, if that makes sense. I just think it's also then going to be a referendum of of whether or not people would like to continue with someone who is so much older in age. I mean, you're not talking about someone who's, you know, 70 years old. We've gone to another level of that. Is it possible? Maybe there's some in between. We know Governor DeSantis is 44. Governor of Florida, he would be 46 in, if, if, if he were to run, be successful, let's just say in two years. Now, the governor of Virginia, that Glenn Youngkin, he is, I believe he's 55 years old. And then, um, so, I, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. Governor McKay, age certainly didn't seem to play any type, didn't seem to, um, any type of role, whether or not if voters were going to decide to vote for him as he's been elected to a four-year term, and I believe he's going to be 72 years old. So, but all of that is like, as they say, the spring chicken compared to Biden, who, if you notice, they've really, for the most part, I think, um, cut down a lot of gaffes, trying to keep them out of sight. I'm not saying that there aren't gaffes. And I also worry about, you know, I watched the Sunday shows, in um, Sunday morning, you know, political shows. And, for instance, on ABC's This Week, already I, I think the Trump fatigue could start to come in because so much of it was already dominated by talk about President Trump. And I don't think that, play, you know, the whole weekend, first Elon Musk allowing him if he wants to be back on Twitter, and he's reinstated all his followers, and then you have the situation on, um, I'm just saying on the Sunday morning shows where, where already it's just, it's ridiculously dominating, I think, uh, because there's, there's real time political news that's happening. So I think that there's also, I believe, a difference between Trump derangement syndrome, which some people definitely have had and have, and that of just Trump fatigue. I, I like watching the Sunday morning programs. They're normally pretty informative. You always pick up a couple of things you didn't know. But 
even I was getting tired of of hearing about it. And then you wonder, is this by design? Are they purposely just talking about them to then really drown anybody out? But I don't think that's that's exactly the case. But it was um, it was definitely notable. So, folks, it's Monday, but it was very chilly. There was a huge Patriot win over the weekend with the Jets being the Jets. A, a pretty unmemorable game except for that that punt at the, the very end. That was uh, remarkable. First NFL punt return for a touchdown this season. So um, good. it's a good thing that in these times of uncertainty, we can still count on the Jets to be the Jets. So it's Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dipietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Twitter, it's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. 